Hey everybody! Welcome to That Was The Worst Podcast Ever. My name is Justin. I'm here with my friend Jordan. We are huge Sufjan friends. Sufjan friends. We are. I was going to say fans, but that that works. We're Sufjan friends. We're it goes fran- back We're decades. Sufjan friends. <laughs> we're Sufjan friends. And uh, today we're here to talk about the All Delighted People EP. But first, Jordan, a lot's been going on in our lives. I... I think I think I'm peaking as far as like my own life right now. I'm getting a taste of uh you I think your life a little bit. Oh, okay. But Jor, we got sponsored. What? <laughs> well, we had some friends that listen to the podcast and they own breweries. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like I was like, are you actually Going to just like share this news like Wouldn't that be live fun? on the podcast, um, and I'd be like, "Jor, we're making ten thousand an episode now. <laughs> we just have to talk about underwear or something." No, this is very much. Uh, let's just say we're in the red on this one. <laughs> but um, no, uh, there's there's two very awesome people that reached out to us that. Jordan knew from playing shows, mm-hmm. but Hans from Blind Man Brewery mm-hmm. and Jared from Red Heart Brewery yeah. were fans of the podcast. They reached out to you, and then I something that doesn't happen to me very often is uh, not only did they want to give you some beer, which you're probably like, all right, put it with the others. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. But they reached out, and I met up with them here in Calgary. We shared a beer together. They were supplying beer at a, at a local brewery here. And I got to sit with them for a couple hours, and we talked about the podcast and and life and love and other mysteries, and I became fast friends with them. And then on the way out to my minivan, <laughs> they load me up with Blind Man beer and Red Heart beer, and it's awesome. And I, I was like, I don't think I'll ever feel cooler than this. I was feeling imposter syndrome really hard the whole time. Huh. Yeah. They, and also they mailed me um, a bunch of beer too. I, we just, I actually have drank most of it already. Um, but wow, some, that is so tasty. I should also say too, I've, I've already met those guys. Um, I played Jared um, puts on shows at his brew pub in Red Deer. And so I've actually played there once, and it was awesome. And we stayed with Jared, and he's such a sweet dude. And and then also met Hans. He came to the show, too. So it it was pretty cool that you guys got to make the connection because they're, yeah, they're pals. So It was kind of embarrassing on the way home. I, I was just so excited that I, I phoned you just to share <laughs> That how excited I was. I was yeah. just like, oh, Jordan, um, I got some free beer. And I was like, I felt like a four-year-old, like, getting out of the car at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. That, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, there is actually a big swag culture, like, <laughs> when, you're, when you're an artist, too, like, playing shows and stuff. Like, sometimes you'll get, like, really nice stuff, like, in a bag or something. Like, oh, you played this this festival. Like, here's... Yeah, here's like all this cool stuff. And like one time actually, this was really weird. We actually played at a marijuana festival on Vancouver Island. Oh wow. Yeah. You you headlined No, we didn't headline. You're um, the biggest stoner out there, dude. <laughs> yeah. And we we played it and then they gave us a swag bag just full of pot. Like, oh no! <laughs> like all kinds of pot, little vapes and stuff, and yeah. Well, that's why I made that joke. That it's like I got a little runoff of your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got that. I, I guess I was just kind of elaborating. You were like, "Oh no, I'm very humble," and then you just launched into this story about like, "Yeah, actually, this happens to me all the time." <laughs> no, but this was really special. I don't get like kind of pals and people who appreciate 
what I do, just like sending me stuff as a gift. That's so, that was so awesome. Yeah. And the beer is so good. It is so good. And for anybody in Alberta, Blind Man is in Lacombe. Mm-hmm. Red Heart is in Red Deer. You got to check them out mm-hmm. and support them. Yeah. Uh, um, and two, it was really cool because it was probably about this time last year. I'm driving out to the mountains because I was getting really stressed out about just how things were changing with COVID and, and pastoring through that. And it was really stressful. And, and I just had this thought where I just go, I need to do something that's super fun. And I go, what would it be? And I go, I'd want to do a Sufjan Stevens podcast with Jordan. And I literally pull over the car on on the drive and I send you the text and I just go, would oh, you Oh, well, I thought you this? said I literally pull over the car and just start weeping. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's the part I didn't want to share. I couldn't see my phone screen. I'm just weeping. I go, this is such a beautiful idea. Two 35-year-old uh, pr- aging folk indie people talking about Sufjan Stevens. It's like... This is the year. This is the moment. The world needs this. <laughs> yeah. No, more. It was more like I needed it. And then uh, we, we recorded a few episodes and, um, you know, I thought they were really bad. Not because of you, Jordan, but I just I just thought it was bad. And um, Courtney, my beautiful, wonderful mainstream wife, also kind of was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but all that to say... I, if all that comes from the podcast was I got to sit and meet some new friends. And also we had this amazing interview with John Ringhofer, Half-Handed Cloud. If that's all that comes from this podcast, man, that's 10 times more than I was ever expecting. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. That's great. That's so, yeah. that's so nice. Is it kind of lame to like all of a sudden become sentimental about our nine episode podcast? <laughs> No, it's just so you, actually. I was thinking, <laughs> while you were talking, I'm like, this is so Justin Bills. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So thanks to, to our friends, Hans and Jared. Um, and yeah, so how are you, Jor? You want to get, let's update, update the, the public out there. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm uh, doing, I'm, I'm, I've been just so busy which again, I'm like really thankful for. It's really good. Um, it's good to like kind of have stuff to do during COVID as an art, as a musician, you know, because a lot of people are kind of like twiddling their thumbs or, you know, wondering what they can do to make it work. Um, and I've been very busy, so that's awesome. But also sometimes a little bit, I was just saying to you before, I kind of feel like I need like a week off or something. I'm just like kind of tired. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Been watching a lot of British TV with my with my um, indie wife, Olivia. Yeah, uh, you do have an indie wife. She's <laughs> both wives are amazing. Yeah, let's not judge mainstream or indie. But your wife is pretty indie. Oh, uh, if I could just interject, and then I want to get right back to you. Some a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, wrote Courtney and asked. Does it hurt your feelings when they call you the mainstream wife? <laughs> what did she say? This is so all of you concerned out there for my wife's feelings. She said, "No, I don't care at all, and it's true." <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, Olivia, I Olivia is Olivia still likes like she puts cream in her coffee. That's so lame. I'm right? just kidding. I mean, that's not that indie, though, is it? No, it's not. One time I was at a cafe, and I said, could I have some milk? And the barista looked at me and said, do you want to try it first? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is, that's very, yeah. I mean, I'm so pretentious that I call it third wave coffee. Have you heard that term? No, but I hate what's coming. (laughs) I can tell. So there's this kind of, it's like a, it's not a theory, but it's, I mean, I don't know. It's like in the coffee world, there's this idea that like, there was a first wave of coffee, which is just kind of like most of coffee history, which, (laughs) which ended up being like, well, I think maybe first wave would actually, it was actually like European coffee, like Italian style coffee, you know? Okay. 
And then I was just laughing. Like the first wave is like, like the ancient human beings discovering it up until 1985. <laughs> yeah. And then there was um, the second wave, which is like um, Starbucks, like kind of that really dark roast, kind of like tarry, burnt, mm-hmm. terrible kind of thing. Yeah. And then third wave is kind of what you see now when you go into like cities and uh, it's like kind of like, you know, hipster baristas and um, pour over and, uh, you know, uh, latte art and that kind of thing. That, that yeah. That's more, co- that's considered a third wave coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're riding the third wave. You're doing like kick turns on that wave. Oh, I love that wave. I sur- I think the word you're looking for is surf. But yes, I do. <laughs> I do surf that wave often. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go I went from drinking coffee every day then I went to decaf and then decaf was too much and now I'm just on nothing really you don't have any caffeine no oh your sad life well this is something Here, here's the thing it was really uh, making me anxious just mm. caffeine yeah and I'm already very anxious but I noticed so we did this interview with John from Half-Handed Cloud, and Jordan waltzes onto the call, and he just downed a bowl of cereal or something. And you're just like, all right, I'm here. Let's do it. And I'm just like, Jordan, are you nervous? Because I was pacing around my house. I was like sitting quietly in front of the Zoom call when nobody was there just to be ready. <laughs> like and an then you're like, before. hey, man, what's up? And I'm like, hello, Jordan, aren't you scared or nervous? And you weren't at all. Yeah. Why would I be? I don't know. Because we have a big interview to do. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I was like, I felt more maybe a sense of kind of like, oh, this is so cool that we get to talk to John. But I didn't. Yeah, no, I don't really get nervous that often. There are maybe some things, like, if I haven't played a show in a while, and then I'm going to play a show, and I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm too rusty. Like, I don't want to make an ass of myself, you know? That I'm nervous about, but I don't ever get... I don't know. I even feel like if Sufjan Stevens came on the podcast, I wouldn't be nervous, to be honest. Jordan, I think you... (laughs) I think that's a psychopath test in itself. Maybe it is, actually. (laughs) I was actually thinking, like, maybe I'm just so cynical about the world. I'm like, nothing matters. Let's just, like... Yeah. So... It's a superpower, maybe. Because back in the day when we were... When we were playing... When I was in your band and we were playing shows... I think I asked you, like, who in the world would you want to meet? And you said Sufjan Stevens. (sighs) Yeah. So basically, the one guy, apparently, that should make you nervous, you're just, you'd just be like, hey, what's up, man? See, here's the thing, though. I have a lot of anxiety, too. And I talk to Olivia about this a lot. Like, it's, it's like my anxiety is just, it's just about different things. It's like more existential. Like, she'll, yeah. she'll, like, worry about stuff. She'll be like, oh, am, am I going to have time to accomplish these tasks and stuff? Like, I'm like, I do not worry about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Mine are more kind of like, is my whole life a meaningless void? Those are, yeah. the, those are the things that are, like, running through my head all the time. Like, more kind of, like, really kind of angsty, like, yeah, existential things. So it's kind of like, why would I be nervous about doing an interview? I'm scared of death. <laughs> yeah. It Instead, is. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think too you you just like are on a stage a lot, so I guess your nerves are different. You've got nerves of steel, maybe. Yeah, maybe. What What's the show that you were most nervous to play? Um, I remember. Oh man, the last show I played, I remember being like, "Oh, I actually feel kind of nervous." What was it? Uh. Uh, it had been a while and oh actually do you know what what it was I did a like a live stream so I'm on this publishing my publisher is this really awesome Canadian company called Arts and Crafts Um, and a lot of my favorite bands are on that the label side of them and in the publishing and they did like kind of like a special Christmas concert where they had like Sloan was there and all these really cool arts and crafts bands they were all playing christmas songs and i and i was on the lineup 
And I felt kind of nervous about that one, actually, because I guess because I was kind of like, yeah, all these like really awesome musicians that I like grew up listening to are going to be here, maybe listening to me play. So that I felt a little nervous about. Wow, that story really humanizes you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you saying that? I, I sound, do I sound like I'm bragging? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding because I've just wanted to make fun of you because the contrast between my nerves and yours yesterday doing the interview was just so funny. Yeah, he's just a but, guy though. He's just everybody's just a guy or a girl or whatever you are. Um, yeah. But that's the thing, just guys and girls also, I'm also afraid of them too. What, like, when's the last time you were just afraid of like a completely, like... When I, like, I get people mad at me on the road a lot. Yeah. And I'm genuinely like really bummed out. When yeah, so, right. When I'm just like, that person in that car doesn't like me. You're a terrible driver, I forgot about that, yeah. I, uh, I, I think one thing I really don't like is like strangers trying to like correct me you know like yeah. kind of needlessly like kind of being like oh yeah it's like i already know i already know i know that i did something <laughs> wrong you don't need to like i actually remember this one time i was driving in vancouver and it was this one street where like when the sun sets and it's when the sun is out and it's not cloudy it's just so bright it's right in your eyes yeah and there was a stop sign and i think i just blew right by it because i didn't actually see it because it was so bright yeah. And then right away I kind of realized, oh, dang it. But this, and then there was a stoplight a little ways ahead and this biker came up beside me and like started banging on my window. Oh no. And it was like, roll down your window. He's like, man, you just blew right. He was like really upset. He's like, you just blew right by that, that stop sign back, back there. Like that is so dangerous. And I was, and I didn't really know what to do. I was like, should I mock him or should I just, <laughs> I was like, so then I just did this kind of in between thing that I think really confused him. I was kind of like, Oh wow. I am so sorry, but kind of like too, a little too enthusiastic. And I think, was, was it sarcastic? It wasn't, it wasn't quite enough to be sarcastic, but I think he was also a little thrown off. Like, Oh, this guy is weird. And so then he was just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Just, like, be careful next time, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, yeah. So sorry, bro. Like that. Um, and, but, yeah, I, I, that's not maybe my, one of my finest more moments, you know? How, how are you doing? Your, your family's all out snowboarding while you're at home recording a Sufjan podcast. Yeah. I, I had a class this morning, and then I went to Costco, and then I got a $1.50 hot dog. And I ate it in my car, and this woman putting her kids in car seats made eye contact with me while I was eating the hot dog, and I just kind of had to look down at the hot dog. Because <laughs> it was really weird to just kind of, like, just be taking a huge chomp out of that hot dog, and then just meet, my eyes meet this lady, and she's looking at me, and I'm just like, don't look at me! <laughs> that was my day. <laughs> huh. Was she, you, you felt like she was maybe like attracted to you or something, like hitting on you with her eyes? Oh my gosh, Jordan. No, not at all. It was almost like, oh no, I just made eye contact with the guy eating a hot dog right in front of me. Yeah. It was like, she felt the shame. I felt the shame. And we immediately like darted our eyes away. Wait, did you go to Costco just for the hot dog? I have done that, but no, I needed <laughs> some almond that. milk. Why? Is there like huge lineups and stuff? Just you've never gone to hot dog. You've never gone to hot dog. I just call it hot dog. <laughs> it's not even Costco anymore. It's just it's just hot dog. Hot. Hey, I'm gonna go to hot dog. You've never gone to Costco just for a hot dog. It's a dollar fifty. No, it's it's such an ordeal. You have to park in this giant like thirty acre parking lot. Oh, bring it on. Oh no, thank you. Also, we don't have a Costco membership. Oh. Jordan. See, you're that is so Calgary having a Costco membership. Oh, I I don't want to have it. Oh, in Vancouver <laughs> we shop at the farmers market. Yeah, we do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, guess what? I'd love to shop at a farmers market, but I got three three kids that beg me for little fruit snacks all the time and farmers don't make fruit snacks. I don't know. I think they might. <laughs> have you ever heard of fruit leather? Natural fruit leather? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Uh, 
you're surfing that third wave for sure. (laughs) No. Well, one time I, I, to save money, I wanted to go to Costco to get a hot dog. And then as I'm pulling in a huge rock chipped my windshield. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, wanted to save $2. Cool. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, that's so funny to me that you go that you go to Costco just to save two dollars on a hot dog, and they're not even good. Uh, they are good. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, actually, when I'm on tour, especially in Europe, um, we'll often stop at IKEA for lunch. Oh, IKEA is the other one because yeah. great, great lunch, really affordable. Um. Again, it is a real hassle to have to kind of like park and walk and go through the maze and stuff. And but oh yeah, it, I think it's worth it if you're if you're you know if you're poor. I that's an I love IKEA food. Yeah, I haven't been since the pandemic, but their breakfast that big old plate of breakfast has cost like two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! The other thing I love to do is like. Sorry, I just can't stop thinking about you going to Costco <laughs> and buying a hot this dog. In my head, this is before COVID, but they would have, un- they got onions, they got sauerkraut, they got relish, mustard, ketchup, they got, and I would go all out and I would always say to myself, I'm making back my Costco membership fees with these condiments. And it was like, that's where I found so much joy. It was like, I'm taking so much of these condiments. It's, there's so much value happening here. Um, do you ever change it up? Don't they have like fries and stuff too? Yeah, my mainstream wife will get down on, on the chicken fingers and fries and my mainstream kids will. <laughs> but it's always my kids the hot are dogs so, for you. We haven't talked about this, but my kids are so mainstream. <laughs> I okay here's a here's an interesting question though is there such thing as a non-mainstream kit yeah there's a, there are indie kits yes i don't want to name names okay but you know but, some indie kids yeah indie people have indie kids <laughs> wait you're an indie person no i'm not i'm a big old freaking <laughs> look at i'm wearing like a dodger shirt in like a thrift store i'm not cool i'm a you just said thrift store dad. in what in describing your wardrobe of course that's indie also, anyway but that watch what is that watch I know. My watch? Yeah. Is it's an it, Apple Watch. It's an Apple Watch. Oh, nice. I couldn't Which tell. Which is as mainstream as it comes. Is it? I don't know. I, don't, I think that Apple transcends mainstream or indie. You're like, I have a wood watch. I have to wind it every hour. <laughs> <laughs> I am not, I'm not indie at all. Uh, yeah. But you're telling me you've never seen indie kids? But with I, their short little bangs? Yeah, okay. Actually, my niece is, my niece, Junior, has short little bangs, but. I also don't, I just think that that's more just kind of like kids are just whatever their parents kind of ask them to be, you know? It's not like kids are like, oh man, it's really like uniqueness is really valuable to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know? My favorite kind of kids are punk rock kids. Like where the parents are punk rock and then they, they have kids. Yeah. That's the best combo. Yeah. I know. I know a kid or two like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like the Ramones lullaby CD that they put on or whatever. Yeah, I have a friend actually who was like posted on an Instagram the other day. He's like, "Hey, check out what my daughter drew," and it was like all skulls and crossbones. <laughs> She's like six years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with "All Delighted People" by Sufjan Stevens. That was the worst podcast ever, a podcast where two guys 
just talk about themselves and Sufjan Stevens. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, today we're talking about the All Delighted People EP, which I have to be honest, I, I, I missed a little bit um, in the in the Sufjan saga. I actually remember when it came out. I was in Regina, which is like a it's a city in Canada, uh, in the prairies. Um, the joke this is the capital of Saskatchewan, isn't it? It is, yeah. People say it's the city that rhymes with fun. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course. I've never heard that before. Yeah. But obviously that's what we all think when we first hear the word. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. I remember we were on tour. We were staying at, um, the cool's house, I think, or was it? Oh no. Maybe the crows. Anyway. We're staying at a, at a house on tour and this EP came out and uh, I remember listening to it once and being like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. But for some reason, I don't know, I just maybe I had a busy summer or something. Um, it just never really kind of entered into my psyche. So these last few, this last month I've been spending some time with it and it's it's been good to kind of catch up. I, I was familiar with everything. Um, I'd, I'd seen, I've also seen Sufjan live a lot and so... I've, I've, I think I've heard a lot of these songs live, but, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a good refresher. I'm shocked. I just feel shocked. Yeah. Because this EP, it's so beloved. I feel like huh. amongst the Sufjan community. Really? Yes. I feel like it wouldn't surprise me if people were like, this is one of my favorite Sufjan albums. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I was surprised to hear that it didn't quite capture you when it came out. One thing is it came out in August of 2010. Yes. And Age of Odds came out in October of 2010. Right. Okay. So this was a kind he did a Beyonce with this. Yeah. Like it was a sudden surprise. I think people knew Age of Odds was coming. And then all of a sudden, a couple months before, you get an EP that's over an hour long. Yeah. Yeah, an EP that's over an hour long, which is an interesting choice because it's not really an EP then, is it? Yeah, it's not. But part of what takes up that hour is you've got two, you've got all delighted people twice. Yeah. So that's very much like an EP type thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I couldn't really find out much about the behind the scenes, but what I do think is it just was songs that didn't fit on, um, Age of Odds. Do you think that's just as simple as it is? No, that's not what I think. Okay, good, Jordan. (laughs) I I think, (laughs) I think that this is a, uh, I mean, it's all speculative, obviously. But and we learned interviewing John Ringhofer, who was there for a lot of this, that we are wrong most of the time yeah. speculating. Yeah. Well, first of all, he said that these songs actually, All Delighted People, uh, or he had written another song called All Delighted People way, way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to hear it? The The old one? Yeah. Oh, you found it. Oh, yeah. He sent it to me. It's on YouTube. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a listen. So John Ringhofer of Half-Handed Cloud, he uh, let us know that in around 2000, so this is Enjoy Your Rabbit era Sufjan, he had this song called All Delighted People. This is in 2000. So it's right after A Sun Came like I said, around when he's making Enjoy Your Rabbit. On a compilation, Sufjan puts out a song called All Delighted People. Let's listen to the original version from 21 years ago. This is what it sounds like. So it has like an Enjoy Your Rabbit feel to it. So 
so I actually think this is a very cool sounding early Sufjan song. Don't you think, George? Yeah, I like it a lot. I've never heard this before. And it doesn't resemble the new All Delighted People song. But but at the very end, he does go into a, a refrain. Here, I'll skip to it. He just says, all delighted people raise your hands over and over, which is the refrain in, in the new version. Cool, hey? Very cool. So, first of all, John sending us a Sufjan song that I didn't know existed was really fun. Yeah. And then to learn that he has this electronic music that goes that isn't Enjoy Your Rabbit, that he actually sings over, that goes back to 2000. Yeah. And it's, it's good. Yeah. Wow, who knew? So for, I don't know the story, you know, only Sufjan knows, but he's had All Delighted People as a refrain or as a, a song idea for 20 years. He redoes it. Yeah. Um, and puts it on, on this. Should, let's listen to... Uh, all delighted people from the All Delighted People. Oh, you'll see it through. The clouded out disguises put you in the room. though I wanted So, in 2010, Jordan, were you struck by kind of how different of a Sufjan sound this was? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny, like, I think I was a little bit disappointed by just kind of how, like, um, nasally his voice was or something. <laughs> I think I had kind of developed a kind of a, a real love for, especially, the, you know, we've talked about before, like, the soft voice Sufjan stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I was a little bit disappointed, but I can't really remember, to be honest. I remember actually thinking, oh, I need to spend time with this because I know I will love it eventually, but I just, uh, it just didn't happen. Well, it, and you can hear it right now, Sufjan's straining his voice, mm-hmm. which in a way he's never, at least to his releases, has never done before. Yeah. So it, there is a different sound to this EP, yeah. which I can understand maybe people not being down for, but I really like it. I like the new... I like that he was pushing himself to sing higher and strain his voice and have a little bit of a, a different sound. Yeah, I mean, going back to the, the question that we had before about, like, do you think that this was just songs that didn't make it onto HBODs? And yeah. I, I, I think that, actually, what this record is, is a couple of things. I think one of them is that I think, like, as Sufjan does, um, and... Um, I think there's a lot of him on record kind of bemoaning the um, the traditional kind of album cycle format. Mm-hmm. I think that he was purposefully um, subverting people's expectations because Illinois mm-hmm. was so beloved and he kept kind of doing these like little one-off things that, I mean, were great, but weren't kind of the big follow-up that people were expecting so finally Sufjan releases another Sufjan record and what is it it's not even thematic it's right kind of just like a collection of songs that are all really good but yeah. it's like it's you know that more kind of like it's actually more of a traditional album format where it's just like you know like eight songs that are just all just kind of stand on their own they're not even really connected mm-hmm. um so I think that was one of the things that he was doing um, and then the other thing that I think he was doing was that um, there is this sense, I think, for a lot of artists where they just they have a lot of ideas that have been hanging around for a long time and um, things they've, they've written, but they don't necessarily uh, are you have to kind of just get them out of your system. And so yeah. I wonder if this is just kind of like a pit, on this pitchfork review, they, they refer to it as perhaps a, an idea dump. A little bit, where right? He, he he just kind of is like gets out this stuff that he'd been working on. He didn't really know where it fit, so he just kind of put them all out and had to get them out of his system. And do you think that's what it is? I do. Yeah, it is. 
it is interesting. Sometimes you'll hear from singer songwriters that they will have a chorus somewhere for years. Yeah. And then it just doesn't find a place until, you know, decades later. Yeah. And it, it is interesting to know that all delighted people, he had the title, he has the lyrics and it's reshaped into this song, you know, yeah. Uh, 10 years later or more. Yeah. Yeah. About 10 years later. Totally. Yeah. Like Radiohead actually has a song like that, that, uh, what is it? I think it's called, um, Wolf at the door. Oh man. I, I don't, shouldn't get this wrong or fans will kill me, but, um, basically it was a song that they workshopped, I think actually on okay computer. Um, and then they ended up reversing it on kid a and they wrote a song around this song reversed. Oh, um, and then the actual song didn't end up coming out the original one until, uh, oh yeah, till the the record like two records later, um, "Hail to the Thief." Anyway, so is, yeah, that's just to say that that is true. I do think that and that artists have that a lot. I have that a lot where I have certain choruses or a certain verse that I just don't know how to connect it, but I love it. But it just hasn't found a home yet. It's kind of it's funny to me because I just I don't know how songwriting works, but just the idea that you could have a refrain or a chorus that just sticks with you and it takes that much time for it to kind of find a home somewhere. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes also just to find the right arrangement to make it to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at it thematically there, it's a it's a personal EP. There's a lot of stuff that Sufjan writes about that I think is very personal. And I know that age of odds really came out of a lot of struggle. Mm -hmm. And, and this seems to as well, although the album art is kind of in homage to his friends and to his community. Um, and so a part of, a part of this EP is almost like this huge, uh, giving credit to all these people in Sufjan's life and his past and present. Yeah. And one thing John Ringhofer, uh, not in the interview, but just in a message said, if you have the CD and kind of lay it all out there, that's, it's all the sounds familiar. It's all the asthmatic kitty people. It's all the people that toured with Sufjan on Illinois and Michigan. And you've got the Danielson family. You've got Daniel Smith, Daniel Smith's parents. Joanna Newsom is somewhere in there. I think she's um, the lady with glasses at the bottom right. Yeah. So it is kind of fun to sit with the album art and just... Leonardo s- DiCaprio is on there. Yeah, I find... <laughs> that's a joke though, right? It's not like... <laughs> Maybe he's pals like- with Leo. <laughs> what if we pull up a YouTube video and Leo's playing like trumpet? <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, um, But I think... You know, that was something I picked up from John is just what a tight knit group. I think Asthmatic Kitty and Sounds Familiar and kind of uh, John didn't say this, but I might assume just those the early days of Michigan and Illinois before things got too crazy. Because even John talked about it came to a point where Sufjan couldn't even really tear down the equipment because he was just too well known and people were clamoring for him. But Mm -hmm. It does just, there just just seems something idyllic about that family and that time. I hope this is an appropriate speculation that knowing from Sufjan's music, he has uh, had a difficult um, family relationships. Mm. And so it it makes sense to me that, that like this group that really supported him and helped him put out music and, and, you know, Daniel Smith keeping, you know, helping him write albums that, it really, we're, we are seeing that this was like Sufjan's family. Right. You know, yeah. is that just so stupid to say? I feel like such an, I feel dumb saying that. No. It's like his family, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that we romanticize things and idealize them because everybody uh-huh. does, you know. I think but we, that's what being a fan is all about. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Just like oh, if we ever toured, like, it just would be fun all the time. And, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I don't, I don't think that, but. Well, you don't think that because you've been on tours and you know that it goes south every once in a while. Not every once in a while. It is consistently a very difficult thing to do. 
<laughs> well, when we did little trips here and there, you know what I, I found fun? Just the day trips were always so fun. Like a day trip concert tour. Yeah. Yeah. So that was some of the funnest times of my life, being in the van and driving somewhere and playing a show with you. Totally. It is fun. And actually, I remember like um, one of the first tours I did my, with Nathan Mose, who's been on the this show. Yeah, the magician. Yeah. Um, I think it was in 2010, actually. I think actually it was the tour where I heard All Delighted People EP. Wow. Um, we were on the road and I remember coming home and being like, that was the best time of my whole life. Like I had just had so much fun. I was constantly just full of joy and laughing and kidding around and partying and it was so good. And then I remember though, every tour after that was like always kind of trying to live up to that, but it never really, really. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a drug. Like I, I, and that's not to say, like, I would say that touring hit a low point for me, probably around 2016. Um, so, but, and now it's kind of on the way back, but just because I feel like I've learned how to do it health in a healthy way. Oh, but what made that tour so fun? I don't know. We were just all pals and it was the summer and we were playing shows and I don't know. It was just fun meeting all, it was just exciting. We were all young. That's the other thing too, is that like, when you think back about those times, like you were younger and the world was still kind of bright and and with endless possibilities or something. And now it's kind of like, oh, no, I'm doing this as a job. And there's like interpersonal conflict and, you know, keeping budget and also like, like trying to like stay healthy physically. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that are really hard to do on, on the road. And so I think. And then sometimes you play a show and not many people are there and everybody feels bummed out. Sometimes you're like, you drive all the way to, you drive like, 20 hours to thunder bay or something across the great canadian shield you show up and like three people are out in the the crowd you know (laughs) oh no it's so sad and you have to pay everybody and you're just like i'm just literally throwing money down the toilet oh man but most but your band really does feel like family just to make my point come home yeah they feel like family but also you fight with your family a lot don't you like yeah often you have conflict with your family or you're kind of like oh i don't really like this person that much right now (laughs) (laughs) well can i tell you my all delighted people ep story when it came out yes is um it so probably at the end of the summer no 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 actually it was a year later because Annabelle was just born, my oldest daughter, and I was invited to speak at a camp. And I told them, I go, you know, we just had a kid about two months ago, and I don't think it's a good idea to come out and leave my wife like with our kid. And then the guy that gave me the invitation goes, okay, well, you know, it is kind of a nice way to, to make some extra money, and I know you, you might need it just because you just had a kid. And then I just kind of go, you know what? I talked to Courtney and it's like, you know what? We we could really use the money. And I go, okay. And so I end up spending a week away from my new daughter and I speak at this camp. And I was, it was pretty, like, I felt pretty lonely and, I, and it, like, it was fine, but I felt kind of, it was a lot of work and I, I felt kind of lonely. Anyway, I'm, I get in my car to drive home and, and I open up the thank you card uh, from the camp and it had an honorarium in there which was really nice but the note said I know you just did this for the money but I think God moved anyway <laughs> I was like I was so exhausted and I was so like put off by this note that just I was like you told me to do it for the money <laughs> And of course, I wasn't just doing it for the money. I'm not like a, I'm not like Scrooge McDuck. But I just thought it was such an interesting thing to put in the card. Like I know you just did this week for the money, but oh, anyway. Yeah, so that's so weird. So I'm driving home by myself to be reunited with my brand new daughter, my wife, after just having this week. And then a train. I'm out in kind of this Alberta nothing land, and a train, never-ending train, starts going by. And I put on the All Delighted People EP. And it was so 
perfect and transcendent. And that song, Arnica, he just goes, I'm tired of life. I'm tired of life. I'm tired of waiting for someone. Yeah. And I just, in my my Justin kind of like consumed with my my own self, I'm just like going, yeah, I'm tired of life, man. I just had to speak at a camp. <laughs> <laughs> and Sufyan's probably writing about some very serious thing, and I'm just like, yeah, Sufyan, I get it. I just had to speak at a camp, and somebody thought I just did it for the money. It's like, you get me. So had you just bought this record or something? Like, had you not really listened to it before? I can honestly say that it would have been out for a year, but that was the day I really connected with mm, it. Okay. And I was like, this is special. This yeah. is really good. Yeah. And particularly the song Arnica. That's my favorite song on the, the album, actually. Let's have a little listen here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is my favorite song on on the album as well. Do you know what Ar- Arnica is? No. Um, apparently, it's like an herb grown in Europe and North America that's used to like soothe muscles, and uh, it's just kind of like a balm. But if you eat it. It's deadly. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just thought it was the name of a lady. Huh. Really did your research, hey? What? Really did your research. (laughs) I really researched. But there's just something, and this is the funny thing, is anytime I speak anywhere, now I put this on on the drive home. Arnica. Yeah. Because most of the time, I feel awful. <laughs> Why do you feel so awful? I just, because it's like, I don't know, because I have issues. Because I'm just like, that was bad. Nobody liked it. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm just not very secure. <laughs> so every drive home from some, if I'm invited to speak, just know that I'm driving home listening to this song and just being like, I need to feel to comfort me. Yeah. But that is such a highlight. But you know what, Jordan? For me, there isn't really a song on this EP that I don't like. Hmm. Do you, um, I like All Delighted People. I think it's a cool song. I like how long it is. Yeah. Um, I think, it, and we can go through it, Enchanting Ghost, Heirloom. From the mouth of Gabe, the owl and the tanager. Hello, yeah. These are great songs, Jordan. Apparently, I'm, heirloom is like, actually one of the first songs he ever wrote. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So it's really old. Where did you get this info from? Um, I'm not gonna. I don't give out my sources. Gee, well, that wasn't on Wikipedia, so I didn't. Oh, I don't know. You only read Wikipedia. I read Wikipedia and then I read the Pitchfork review and then then I'm good. <laughs> And then I just want to talk about my own experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, the songs are really good. The Owl and the Tanager is also really beautiful. It reminds me a lot of um, Majesty Snowbird. You know that yeah. song? Yeah, let's hear a little bit of The Owl and the Tanager. It's very... Um, it's different. Yeah. And it's surprising. It's like it manages to be more melancholy than most things he does i feel mm-hmm. like some people call it like a, a goth ballad what's that some people called it a goth ballad online yeah i like it a lot i like that it, there's this weird delay on his vocals oh it's so good and but you're right jordan his voice sounds very different to illinois very different to the avalanche it's it's something different yeah which is fine i i like it i i think this is a cool record i i like it more actually now that i spent some time with it recently i, I mean again it wasn't for it wasn't that i was didn't like it i just didn't never it just kind of slipped by me yeah i guess um, like you know it's like actually the pitchfork review said this too like Maybe the classic rock version of All Delighted People wasn't really a needed thing here. Mm-hmm. I don't, do you think so? Or do well, you like it? Not really. Let's have a little listen to the 
because well let's yeah let's listen to the classic rock version I mean, I like all delighted people, so it, I don't mind it. And when it's an EP, you can do something like this. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. And then he closes it off with a 17-minute song called Dejoria. Is that how you that pronounce right? it? Huh? I thought it was Joaria. Oh, I bet I know, you could in, be wrong. You, I mean, you could be right. <laughs> but in the song, they do sing it, and it's like Jahari, Jaharia. Oh, Jahari, Jaharia. Oh yeah, okay. So we actually had a Sufjan fan write our email address just to tell us about this song. Oh, really? Yeah. Why didn't? Why haven't you let me in on the on our Sufjan email? Well, I didn't want to bring this up. But since you asked, because it's the only email we've gotten. <laughs> In my head, I was like, I'm just going to say we got this email and then it'll sound like we get lots of emails. <laughs> but this is the only email that our email account, twtwpe at gmail.com has ever gotten. So thank you to Dan. But Dan... Like, I get the impression that he could have done a whole episode on this song. Huh. Well, t- but tell this me, inform me. What's that, George? I want to hear what he, what Dan has to say. So Dan says, okay, All Delighted People is my favorite Sufjan album. And while Enchanting Ghost is probably the top play count on my old iTunes, Dejaria is the song I've listened to with the most intention. People have called this song weird, and I make them listen to it. To call Dejaria weird is to ignore all the actually weird music Sufjan has made over the years. Yeah, I agree. I think that's funny. But basically, he says it's absurd. It's relentlessly absurd. But he says it's so... um, I'm just going to paraphrase his email. He said it's a very personal song for Sufjan. It's about his sister going through an abusive relationship. And I think Sufjan having to to kind of uh, be there for her. Mm Mm-hmm. But he says, it's almost like Sufjan makes you earn the right to hear the story. <laughs> yeah, And I, I like think that. that's a cool point that yeah. Dan made, is you've got to sit through seven minutes of like really weird guitar solos. Yeah. And then you get to hear Sufjan open up about his sister. And mm-hmm. So it is an interesting little song. Yeah. Very, it's very Sufjan, you know, to do it this way. Yeah. But I, I, for me, every song on this EP is worth a listen. Yeah. I mean, you can argue that two versions of All Delight People Find. But every song, I think, is really good. I mean, it's an EP that has almost 20 minutes of the same song. Yeah, yeah. And then another almost 20 minutes of another song. Just one song, yeah. 17 minutes song, yeah. Which is fine. You know what's funny, actually, talk, speaking of Joanna Neeson, is that she actually released a record called Ease, which is, like, one of my favorite records ever. And uh, it only, I think, has five songs on it, but they're each, like, ten minutes long. So she actually yeah. just released it as an, uh, an LP. Like, she didn't she didn't call it an EP just because it had a lower track count. Which yeah. I kind of like. Like, that's kind of what this should be, actually. Yeah, it's interesting because the length of All Delighted People is an LP. Yeah, totally. It's just an EP because of the song count. Yeah. Which, I mean, you're allowed to do whatever you want. You can call anything whatever you want, really. Well, what do you think? Do you do you listen to albums or do you listen to songs? I listen to albums because I'm Me indie. Me too. See, there Sorry, you are. You're I missed indie. that last part. Because you're indie. What did you say? Because you're in. Say again. <laughs> I keep talking over you. This is insane. Okay, go ahead. I said because you're indie. Yes, my mainstream wife listens to songs. Yeah, she she probably listens to playlists. She'll just that's right. Turn on it. She'll just crank a tune. Yeah, I mean sometimes I put to put on a playlist, but I just find that uh, I want to hear a record. If I'm in a mood, I want to like 
it's usually in the morning too that I like listen to music for fun. Like, uh, I I want to I want to kind of enter a world. I don't want to just kind of like have these like three minute little emotions thrown at me. That's exactly right. And I think all delighted people EP is like it's a mood. It's it's something you listen to in its entirety. It captures a whole mood. And uh, yeah, I, the idea of just listening to one of these songs, you got to listen to them all. Agreed. Yeah. And I am an album person. Yeah, I quite like albums that are cohesive and then they work together. And yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about Half-Handed Cloud and a lot of a lot of people talk to him about how short his songs are. Yeah. Um, but he said he always looked at at his not so much as songs but albums so you could look at it as 12 two-minute songs or you could look at it as a 30-minute album yeah where the songs like go into each other and stuff totally and i like that when albums are thought through Mm -hmm. i i like i we've talked about this before i love concept albums yeah i think if they're done well that's some of my favorite stuff yeah yeah i agree um, aside from Sufyan, what do you throw on the morning? For concept albums? Oh, in the morning? Yeah, or just, you know, when you put a, a record on and you listen to a full record, what, what are you listening to these days? So, I'll give you the honest truth. And I feel kind of like a one-trick pony here. But I've been listening to Third Eye Blind like crazy. <laughs> And I know that I wouldn't, I'm just being honest. I don't know why, but I watched this YouTube video of them playing the Today Show like three years ago. And it is uh, just a very, they are very aged. Yeah. And they're playing semi-charmed kind of life. And there's 10 people like in the audience and they are so nerdy, dorky people. And it is so, so funny. But it also just rekindled, like, I just went back and listened and I was like, wow, this is actually, like, this holds up as far as, like, good pop music. You know what's funny is I actually was just t- saying to somebody, we were talking about kind of, like, fashion cycles and, like, what, what comes in style of music. And yeah, I actually think that, like, Third Eye Blind is, like, super hip right now. And that's, like, the, the, next, it's the next wave. Like, if, have you ever heard of Soccer Mommy? Yes, I love Soccer Mommy. Yeah, she has this song called Circle the Drain, and I'm like, this sounds like it could be a Third Eye Blind song. This, I love Soccer Mommy, and I love Circle the Drain for that reason. Somehow she captured that 90s yeah. radio sound. Yeah. Well, she it's does this, so good. She does this thing that I call the Long McQuaid beat. You know, it's like whenever any amateur drummer goes into Long McQuaid, they're going to play that beat like... Yeah, and it's always the electric drum set, so all you're hearing is like tippy tippy tap, tippy tippy tap tap. Yeah, I know. I I was the Long and McQuaid drummer. Yeah, so it was Guitar Center in in the states, right? Yeah, Guitar Center, just like yeah, music stores. Um, what what's the uh, what do people play on guitar like when they pick up a guitar in a Guitar Center? Depends how old you are, but. I mean, Stairway to Heaven is the old cliche, you know, like I remember seeing Wayne's World. Have you ever seen that movie? That's a great joke where there's a sign like, hey, no Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. A lot of times it's like, oh, do you know what's the worst is when people are really good or they're really like technical and they're just like start ripping a solo. It's like, bro, get a hold <laughs> of yourself. <laughs> <I know that. laughs> you get the impression like, this is a concert to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's funny you, you mentioned Soccer Mommy. I really like Soccer Mommy. I've been listening to um, um, Lamelda. Hmm. Never heard. She's, she's, her album, it's called Hannah, is so good. That's like my one of my top 2020 records. Um, it's I've, called what? It's called Hannah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have heard of her. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
And I listened to your new record. I'm not just saying that, but that's in heavy rotation. Oh, Or it's called Hannah. Oh yeah, yeah, here it is. Yeah. It's yeah, it's kinda quirky, right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Cool. But I do like album like going back to I wanna be able to sit in a certain mood. Yeah. And I like being in a mood and finding an album for that mood. And All Delighted People is one of those it's like there will be an All Delighted People day every, like at least once a year. Hmm. Where it's just like, yes, I gotta yeah. listen to this. Yeah. That's cool. Cool, man. What about you? Um, you know, there's this record that we keep coming back to. It's called, um, the artist is called Julie Byrne. Mm, um, I haven't heard of it. B-Y-R-N-E. Um, and it's just so peaceful and beautiful. It's really inspired by like freak folk in the 60s, like uh, mm. Vashti Bunyan. But it's a little more serious than that, maybe. Um, the, the record's called Not Even Happiness. It's a few years old now, 2017. But I just love it so much. Um, also, this lady called Aldous Harding. Um, she put out a record called Designer. It's so good. Oh, wow. Yeah, so those are a couple that we that are in heavy rotation. Good Rex. You've got good Rex. Sure. Thanks, man. Did you watch the Grammys, just to go on a little rabbit trail? Uh, no, I did not uh, find that more and more, or less and less interesting the older that I get. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. I wanted you to rip it apart, but I guess you did the ultimate rip apart that you just didn't care. <laughs> well, actually, the only thing I was, I, I really like Phoebe Bridgers, and I was hoping that she would take something home, but I don't think she did. Yeah. What 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 do you think about Phoebe Bridgers? Like very sudden rise to to fame. Yeah, I really like her. I I think she's a great songwriter. It's like it's it's really interesting actually that it, she's so popular because it's kind of like just classic songwriting actually. It's not mm-hmm. like super uh it's not super edgy in just in its form and structure. I think lyrically mm-hmm. maybe she it's really conversational and reminiscent of kind of Gen Z, you know. Yeah, LA problems, which is interesting, but mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways, it's just classic songs, and she's got a classic voice. Just like, like cla- she sounds like Sarah McLaughlin or something. Yeah, she's got a great voice, and she has a great sense of of like influences and songwriting, and has like a rich like indie music influence. Yeah. And when I first heard Smoke Signals, the first track off of. Um, her first album, mm-hmm. I was really blown away. I was like, this that song alone is, I was just like, this is amazing. So, yeah. but it was surprising that like, she got nominated for Best New Artist. Yeah. Like crazy. I think if there was a downside to it, if I'm honest, it's like a little emo sometimes, like a little bit kind of like, I feel silly as a 35 year old man listening to oh, it, you know? Cause it's a little teenage angsty. Yeah, that's funny. I don't, I'm just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um jor this so when uh all delighted people drops just to bring us back to topic mm-hmm. it would only be so it's it's august it would only be a couple of months and then age of odds comes out yeah and we're saving that for another episode of course of course but does this prime the pump a little bit for age of odds I think it does, yeah. I mean, I also think there's a certain amount of angst in this record that you can mm-hmm. already feel, and that's kind of the heart of Age of Oz, actually, is like his own sickness and, yeah, um, I don't know, his own angst, I think is the right word. Like, it's just a, a record of struggle. And I feel yeah. like that's already kind of flaring up in, in um, All Delighted People. I would agree. There's kind of a... Oh, I just know... This is eye rolly, but I just got to say it anyway. I feel like there's a loss of innocence between the avalanche and all delighted people. Hmm. Like, not in a bad way, but you realize like Sufjan has gone through some pretty hard stuff. Yeah. And there isn't quite that innocent. 
you don't quite get those songs that that are just even have that kind of because uh, even a song like Casimir Pulaski Day, it's really really heavy, but it still kind of has an innocence to it mm-hmm. in a way. These songs feel like like r- almost a new level. Like whoa, he really went through something or is going through something. Yeah. Do you, do you would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I do. Or, do you mean that there's a there's a a loss of innocence between like Illinois and this record? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I could see that for sure. Maybe he lost his virginity. <laughs> That's it. I think he nailed it. Everything changed after that. Um. And but it is interesting because this does prime the pump for Age of Odds, which really was different. And yeah. I think did take fans for a bit of a took fans for a loop. But at I least for me. Also, it was. A, I think that there was a part of it where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, he did make Enjoy Your Rabbit. He did make, like, kind of weird electronic-y stuff at the beginning. So mm-hmm. I remember talking about that, actually, when it came out. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that he that he did this. But we can talk more about that next time. Yeah. So um, is there anything else you want to say, or should we wrap up? I think, that, I think that's all. I mean, check out this record and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check it out, guys. Um, <laughs> it's hard to do podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with me? <laughs> um, but so all that said, it's up there for me. Jordan, a little bit of a late bloomer on this one. But I just have a feeling the Sufjan community really resonates with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, you can always reach out to us. I, I know that you may have thoughts or feelings. I can feel that this episode, maybe you're screaming that we missed something. Email us. Our email, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll say it again, is twtwpe at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And um, that said, our next episode will be Age of Odds, which is another big one. Mm-hmm. So... Stay tuned, like, and subscribe. Do we say that? Yeah. If you like this podcast, like, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Well, thanks, Jory. That was, this was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got to record our interview with John yesterday and then do this episode. So, yeah, lots of fun, Jory. Always fun when we get to get together and record. Yeah, always fun. You're a, you're a heck of a guy. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, until next time. The dress looks nice on you. <laughs> Bye. Go on, little sister